Thank you with the Shem's loving grace. Thank you for the warm introduction, Rabbi Ari, cherished brother and colleague, Hashem. It is so beautiful the way Hashem runs the world. It's worked out, synced perfectly, that tonight, Bezalat Hashem, we complete Torah 14. With the last part of Torah 14 is Rabbi Nachman's teachings about Hanukkah. And it tells about everything we've learned so far in the first three lessons. It all comes out and it shows that it's reflected in Hanukkah, in the lights of Hanukkah. So with Hashem's loving grace, tonight's lesson is the lights of glory. Uh, the more we elevate divine glory, as we learned in previous lessons, the more the lights of glory illuminate the earth. Now, Rabbi Nachman teaches that by spreading Amuna and by bringing others closer to Hashem, that's outreach. It elevates divine divine glory. So people are coming closer to Hashem around the world. Every person that comes closer to Hashem enlightens the world. And the further away he was from Hashem, as he comes close to Hashem, it makes a bigger light. It's a tremendous sanctification of Hashem's name. And sanctification of Hashem's name is light. And when the world is illuminated, everyone benefits. Everyone benefits because illumination, what's Hashem's illumination? That's blessing. Darkness is the opposite. But Hashem's illumination is blessing. It's blessing in spiritual abundance and in material abundance and everything that uh, a person could wish for. So we conclude Torah 14 by learning that Hanukkah is that very same aspect of illuminating the world and elevating divine glory. And the Hanukkah candles, they are lights of glory that illuminate the world. Okay, so if you're in Likutei Moran in Hebrew, we are in uh, Torah Yudalad, and in small letter Yudbet. I'm going to read it in Hebrew, then translate it. Okay, so Rabbi Nachman says, Zebchinat Mitzvat Nel Hanukkah. Everything we've learned now is an aspect of Hanukkah. We take the menorah. It's a mitzvah to put it in the entrance of the house. And according to halacha, it says that to be enveloped in mitzvahs. Mitzvahs are light. The commands of Hashem are light. So we have, and this is the way I do it in my house, have in the entrance to the living room, when you come in from the main, this, the main door, there's the mezuzah on the right side and the menorah on the left side. And you stand and you light candles and you say the blessings and you sing Hashem's praise and you're surrounded with light of mitzvahs. This is really, it's like being in a sukkah, but you're in a, a cloud of light. It's like the, the sukkah's cloud of glory. And here we continue on from Sukkot. Now we have this cloud inside the home, inside the home. So uh, Rabbi Nachman continues, That's what we said, that we go next, next to the entrance. And if a person has a front door or a patio or a window that faces the street, it is a mitzvah to light the candle there because this is the illumination of glory. We make the illumination of glory. We want to make it known to the whole world. We want to share Hashem's light with the whole world. In other words, this is the great thing about sharing spirituality. There's a law in physicality. Suppose you borrow $100 from somebody. You have to return exactly $100. Okay, if you turn $99, then you're cheating the guy. And if you turn $101, then that's interest. That's interest and we're not supposed to charge interest. It's going to be exact. But that's not the same with a spiritual favor. Suppose someone taught you something by getting close to Hashem. Okay. So the person who taught you, your rabbi, your spiritual guide, 
He doesn't need anything from you if he's the real deal. He doesn't want anything back. Take that light and give it on to another 10 people. In other words, make a trip, project this light to the world, light the world, light the world. Okay, you're not lighting the world by giving it back to your teacher. Take what you learn and spread it. And that is the power of, of our group. That's surprising. We take the teachings and I know the group spreads it wider and brings other people in and, and tells it to other people. This is both in a moon hour every Wednesday and on a liquid moron on, on Thursdays. This is the power of spreading spirituality. We each one of us illuminate the world, and that's so beautiful. And this is exactly this is marching orders from Rabbi Nachman. And this is what Torah Yudalit is all about. It's all about outreach, it's all about sharing Torah, sharing the light of Hashem. By sharing the light of Hashem, the more people we bring it to, this is elevates divine glory because it's a sanctification of Hashem's name, which is the exact opposite of all the garbage, excuse me, that goes on in the modern world. With the definition of Hashem's name, with all the political correctness and everything that is considered correct, but it's anti-Torah. And, uh, you know, if, you, if you're a, a liberal and you're whatever they did, it's anti-Torah. That, that's the definition of Hashem's name. But this, by spreading the light, like Rabbi Nabal tells us to. So we say, Therefore, it is a mitzvah to light your Hanukkah candles the entrance to the house, the entrance to the house where people come from the outside, people could see. And this could be your living room window and this wherever, wherever it doesn't necessarily, it's not an absolute must that be in a, in the entrance to a room where you have a mezuzah on the right side and the left side. If you have a big picture window and you can put it in your picture window and your picture window is facing the sidewalk, facing a busy street, then it's a big mitzvah to put it in that picture window because that's more of a sanctification of Hashem's name, what you're doing is you're publicizing Hashem's name. You're, you're sharing Hashem's light. Okay, so that, that would be the mitzvah here. Because Rabbi Nachman says that the entrance to the house down here corresponds to the entrance to the upper upstairs, the upstairs dwelling. Okay, then that's Bechinat Yira. So what's the entrance to the upstairs? What, what, what's the ticket to get you into the pearly gates? That said, uh, get you live in the pearly gates. You know, when your soul goes back and forth, and, and the person has to be, don't, people don't realize. But when a person sleeps at night, the soul goes up. Okay, but it depends. What, what does the soul go? Does the soul go with a sweet smell? Like the soul has just been finely groomed and showered. So we say chuva is hygiene for the soul. When a person does daily self-assessment, that's hygiene for the soul. And soul is sweet smelling. When a person teaches Torah, which shares the light, shares spirituality, teaches emuna. Boy, that, what a sweet smell. It's the soul of that teacher, the soul of the one that brings other people closer to Hashem. We'll soon see. But first of all, we'll see at the end of the Torah, at the end of this Torah, that when a soul brings other souls closer to Hashem, will you help those souls illuminate? Well, don't think that Hashem is going to let your soul be dark, your soul illuminate. That the, the prophet himself, the prophet says that yourself, prophet Daniel says, if you do that, your soul shines like a star. Like Hashem, you know, that the, the sun is considered a dull star. And the sun, compared to the stars in, in, the, uh, in, in the galaxy, the sun is a very small star, very small star, a very dull star. It shines up. For, for our universe, for our, our world, 93 million miles away, the sun is, and look, look how strong it is, but it's considered dope. This is what 
compared to a person who brings other people closer to a shim, you shine like a star. And you'll see an up, up, upper world that the sun is, the sun is dull compared to you. And so in order to do that, in order to do that effectively, you have to uplift Hashem's glory in your own life, which means enhance our own awe of Hashem. And Rabbi Nachman, this is what Rabbi Nachman explains to it. This is when we have the Yirat Shemaim, that this is our own entrance. In other words, the person who is doing the outreach his individual entrance is Yira. That's the awe of Hashem. We say the fear of God-fearing person, but it's it's three levels above a God-fearing person. It's a person that loves Hashem so much that it's anathema. It's not he's not afraid he's gonna get hit by a baseball bat or a bolt of lightning. He just loves Hashem so much. It's, it's you can't can't fathom, but would it do anything against Hashem's will? No, it can't be that way. So this what now, now? How does that particular person gain? How does how do we, how do we know that he has real awe of Hashem? Because he's busy. He's concerned. Rabbi Nachman says with bringing back Hashem's honor to its source. Hashem's honor and the source. The source of Hashem's honor is the awe, the awe of Hashem, the Yad So when a person is busy with that, and now he brings other people in, he opens up an entrance to bring others with him. And for he himself, he shines like a star. He shines like a star. The other people shine. But this guy's illumination, his illumination in the upper worlds is un- unbelievable. Why? Because of his own awe of Hashem. Since it is so important for him to awe Hashem, to love Hashem, to respect Hashem, he wants, not that he's an evangelist you know, he's trying to spread the word and, and at gunpoint, you know, you come to my church and if you don't, you get a bullet in the head. That's not loving Hashem. That's not loving Hashem. And, uh, you know, the, uh, the evangelists and all, all these people that have the dark side love of Hashem. Hamas, they have dark side love of Hashem. They're, well, they, they, they're, they're dying. It's fine. They're dying. They think that they're getting into the world. Look at a Hamas, uh, Garden of Eden. His Garden of Eden is for us an anathema. Come on. It's anathema. We have it in, in the Noahide laws and in the Torah. You should not commit adultery. And and in Hamas, they say this is Hamas. He said, "What what are you dreaming of, Mister Terrorist? Oh, my seventy-two virgins. <laughs> That's it. This is such a dark side. It's such a bad. Someone that has fear of Hashem. When he, I just wanted to say that because it is a, it's it's a mitzvah to make tomfoolery of idolatry, and dark side emuna is idolatry." Because against the Torah, it's the exact opposite. That when did they get? They have justification to kill, justification to murder, justification to rape, and the whole world quiet, quiet. Where's the Me Too movement? Where's all the women's movement? Where's the UN women? Where no, no, it's okay. That's it. Jewish women, it's okay to kill them. There's a joke about the, the weeks about Parsha that uh, Shimon and Levi that uh, before they killed the 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 ones that. The ones the Shem and Hamura for the Chivites, the Chivites that that raped their sister, they made them do circumcision. So they said, "Why? How could Shimon live there? Now they did circumcision; they became Jews. So how could they kill them?" Ah, I said, "Now that they're Jews, nobody will care." In other words, if they didn't circumcise them, they stayed Canaanites, and they'd have war against all the world. But now they're Jews. Okay, you can kill them. That's all right. They're a free game. Let's see, Bosch. See, such a difference. 
You can see the darkness and the light. It's really the darkness and light. And we're not talking about a military war. We're talking about the Rebbe Nachman. We see this Rebbe Nachman's teaching. We're talking about a war of darkness against light. And look at the whole world. The whole world. How many people? How many people support what what, what Israel's doing? No, it's all pro Palestinian, pro Hamas, pro. And, and this and that, you know, I, I saw one really, really ridiculous thing. This is double idolatry, double idolatry, uh, gay parade, pro-Palestinian gay parade. Hey, guys, OK, I tell you what, I'll tell you what, I'll get donors and we'll pay for your tickets to Gaza. And let's see what Hamas does to you. Do You know what they do to people like you? <laughs> so, and they're, they have no idea what they're talking about. No idea what they're doing. They say from the river to the sea, which river, which sea? They don't even know what we're talking about. They're talking about the Baltic Sea, the Arctic Sea. They have no idea which river, the Mississippi, huh? They have no idea what they're talking about. It's ridiculous. This is such an idiocy of the world. And this is what Emuna, Emuna is basic intelligence. Abraham was a three year old boy. When he opened up his eyes and he looked at it, he looked at the sun. What, what's going on? The sun, maybe the sun is where the world. No, then a cloud came and a cloud blocked the sun. Oh, the clouds are stronger than the sun. But then the wind came and the wind blew away the clouds. And he finally came. He's the little three-year-old boy and observing. And he realized that there's some greater power above that. And then he connected to the greater power. Anyone that wants to connect to Hashem. And why Abraham? Abraham, he says, all our great-grandfather. He's all of our great-grandfather. Anybody that wants to connect to Hashem, they could do that. Abraham doing it at, at three years old. <laughs> we could all do it. It's basic intelligence. Emuna is basic intelligence. And, and, and that's all. This is what Rabbi Nachman said. Rabbi Nachman says, I haven't, I, I haven't made any nuance. It's all in the Torah. But Rabbi Nachman has taken, he's, he's making things sharp, sharpening things and bring it together. And Rabbi Nachman is the light of Amuna of our generation. That's why Rabbi Nachman said, my fire will burn until Mashiach comes. What's the fire? That's the fire of Amuna. So Rabbi Nachman continues, and we're talking about uplifting Hashem's glory. And Rabbi Nachman has a question. And when does Hashem's glory go up? When we bring other people close to Hashem. Wow, this is such an expression of Hashem's glory. And you go into the... I think one of the uh, one of the biggest moments in my life for one year like this. I was in South Africa, and I think the biggest audience I ever spoke to there were five thousand people in South Africa. And I'm talking about I'm not talking about Jews, and I'm not talking about white South South African, African, African Africans. These are all I guess with uh, Bantu or Zulu great grandchildren, and they were all singing a, a shemichat. Hashem Echad. This was what a moment. They all took of Hashem. And to say they took seven minutes. What I never had. It's one of the most exciting moments in my life. And Rabbi Nachman says that's why. Because this is the elevation of Hashem's name. And that's one of the reasons I get this sweet memory of South Africa. I love Joburg. People, it's just, just this is one of my sweetest memories in life is from Joburg. And you can see Rabbi Nachman explains here. That's why it is. Because when you Bring people closer to Hashem. You're uplifting Hashem's Hashem's glory, and we so say the farther away somebody comes, the, the more they close. Okay, so you go and you speak to a shiv in New York, you speak to a shiv in London, speak to a shiv in L.A. You talk to uh, Zulu and Bantu great grandchildren in, in in South Africa. Whoo, 
And in South Africa, there's many places in Africa that there's still idol worship, still idolatry, all kinds of things. It's that the, the level of monotheism is lower in Southeast Asia and in South Africa than it is in Europe and America. Okay, it's simple. So here, the people, not that they're there anymore, not that they're anymore, but the, they were really saying it was, it was, it was so great. They, thirsty for spirit, you'll find out that you go wherever you go in the world, people are thirsty for spirituality. We just we're warming up and we're we're singing. They know all the all the gospel songs. Okay, go down Moses and then five thousand people way down in Egypt land. That was wonderful. Maybe you were there for money. Are we? <laughs> okay, well Hashem, that was that was so special. And Rabbi Nachman explains why. Okay, that's ikal kvoido. When you bring people close to Hashem, this is uplifting Hashem's glory. So even when you tell somebody, don't keep it to yourself. You have something, Amuna, don't, like we say in Yiddish, a dudnik. You don't want to be a dudnik. And not to somebody see that you're trying to proselyze. But you see somebody is depressed. Somebody is down. And why are you depressed, my brother? Why are you sad, my sister? Why are you under pressure? Ooh. Did you ever hear three words of Amuna? There's nothing but a sham. You know what that means? And then you transfer their thinking, uplift to a sham, start thinking about a sham. Then everything a sham is doing for the best. You tell them about that uh, champion athletes have a difficult life because they're being challenged. That's how they get stronger. And special forces soldiers, they have a very difficult life. Why? Otherwise, they'd, they'd be mail clerks or bottle washers. Okay, they, 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 this is, of course, the higher the unit. So the closer you get to the Almighty, the more difficult life is. But uh, you ask those special forces, if you ask David does David Dome's son or son-in-law, hey, guys, look, you're working so hard. It's so dangerous what you're doing. I tell you what, we've got a wonderful desk job in Tel Aviv in an air-conditioned office. I say, get out of here. Get out of here. I don't know if they, 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 they wouldn't hear it about in a million years. Not in a million years. Because when a guy is champion athlete or special forces, that's it. And his whole gusto is overcoming. This was Jacob wrestling the angel. His whole, what made Jacob Israel is when he beat Esau's angel. That was the champion. That was the world championship. He was a champion. It was all night long. It was not 10, 10 rounds. It was all night long. And, and this is, this is what makes us. This, and this is why. When you're bringing all this glory, oh, now the dark side comes in. Hey, wait a second. We can't let that happen. The dark side can't let all this light come in the world. And that is why, that's why we have difficulty, especially those of us that are doing our best to learn Amuna and doing our best to share Amuna with other people. Okay. So Rabbi Nachman says, that when you the principal time, the main time to elevate Hashem's glory. And people say, well, uh, not when you're in a highbrow and that you're doing stringencies and not when you're telling people, oh, I don't eat from that hexure and I don't eat from this and I won't dump it in that synagogue. No way. Rabbi Nachman says that's all garbage. That Hashem's glory comes from bringing people closer to Hashem. And you know how you bring people closer to Hashem? When you smile. They know that you're an Amuna person and you smile and they say, Hey, wait a second. This person is so beautiful. This person is so together. This person is, is always got a nice word for somebody. This result's helping other people. Hey, what's the secret? 
What's the secret? What's your secret? Is it secret? What's your secret? This person overcame financial disease, was bankrupt, and he bounced back on his feet. He had stage four, and he bounced back on his feet. Well, you know, it wasn't the doctors, and it wasn't the bankers. It was a Muna. It was a Muna. Hashem got me back on my feet. Hashem put me back on my feet. People say, oh, yeah. Yeah. But anybody would, would, who are you? You some big Moses? You're Bubba Sali? No, not Moses, not Bubba Sali. I'm uh, uh, Bob, the, the shoe salesman, or, or Joe, the cab driver. These guys with the moon. This is just by being a great person and being a moon person, you don't have to say a word. People are going to gravitate to you because there's so much depression and so much nastiness in the world. When you've got a truly sincere and nice person, you're going to, you're going to bring people closer to Hashem. And this is what Rebbe Nachman says. Now, this is how all the aspect shines in Hanukkah. That the whole purpose of Hanukkah is to illuminate Hashem's glory. Just like being close to Hashem. It's the same exact thing. So why do we light the candles from the time when the stars come out, say Rabbi Nachman, until nobody's left in the marketplace? Rabbi Nachman is alluding to what the prophet Daniel says in chapter 12, verse, verse 3, that those who bring people closer to Hashem, they shine like stars. That they are bringing people closer to Hashem. And that way, they are causing a greater illumination of Hashem's light in the world, and they're bringing people to their root. With their root, their root is Yira, their awe of Hashem. So by teaching a person Hashem, hey, do you know my brother? You know who Hashem is? Hey, my sister, you know who Hashem is? Stop and think, is your heart plugged into the wall? No. You have a battery? No. Uh, your heart is a Lexus. Maybe you plug it in when nobody sees one hour. No. She said, goes and goes and goes and goes and goes and goes to 120 years. That's a shim. Oh, yeah? No, it's an automatic pilot. No, it's not an automatic pilot. Take a stethoscope and put it to your chest. Take a stethoscope and listen to the way the heart beats. It goes, yud kei, vav kei, yud kei, vav kei, Every beat of the heart, it says Hashem's name. And it's a shim. The way if a person knows how to listen to a heartbeat, it says Hashem's name every beat of the heart. That, that's it. That's a, that's a Shem personally. What's a Shem telling us? A Shem is, hey, my daughter, my son, that is me personally massaging your heart. Like the massage, that's not the guy from, from the Red Cross or Muggy and Dovid and that's not the paramedic. It's me personally. A Shem. A Shem. Wow. And stop and think about it. Oh, that's a Shem. And we talk about macro. You know that a Shem personally draws the chromosome map of a baby? Size with Jim gets that person down to the micro, 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 micro. It takes to draw a chromosome map and hold it. They talk about the, they talk about the micro and how about the Shem and macro. But how many, how many traffic accidents today, whether in Miami or London? <laughs> how many in, in, in the heavens? No traffic accident. The stars, we say in, in, in the, in the evening prayer, every star in its own lane, according to Shem's will. Because if there would be a collision in last 5,784 years, there wouldn't be a, a universe. 
it wouldn't be a solar system. So it means there have not been any collisions. We're still here to prove that there are no traffic, no traffic uh, accidents in the heavens. But down here, but the people, you know why there's traffic accidents down here? Because people are far away from Hashem. If everybody would go according to Hashem and follow in their lane, then there wouldn't be any traffic accidents down here. So that's why Rabbi Nachman is telling us that a person, that, that we from the time the stars come out to the time there's no nobody in the marketplace. There's a lot of play on words in Hebrew here that I'm going to have to bear with me. I'm going to have to translate them. Okay, we said that this come stars coming out. These are the outreach people that are spreading Hashem's light. And just by telling your cousin, your aunt, your uncle, your son, your daughter, your in-law, something you learned in Amuna, something you strengthened in Amuna, you just now become an outreach person. All you need is to spread to one person, not the whole world, one person. That's it. Not to keep to yourself. The moment you keep to yourself, what happens to an egotistical person? He's not learning for Shem. Oh, he wants to be smarter than anybody. So if you learn something, he's not going to teach you because he wants to have an edge up. But no, well, we know this doesn't belong to us. This is Shem's. It's a Shem's Torah. And what is a Shem's light? And take a Shem's light. You know the great thing about the light? When you turn on the light switch, they say in the Gomorrah, one light bulb for one person is good for a hundred. So I come in the room and the room is dark. I turn on the light. I invite another hundred people in the room. They can enjoy the same thing. Take one flick of the light switch. I did a flick. And now I'm doing the favor for another hundred people. It's the same thing. Hashem illuminates my soul. So I've got illumination. You share it with everybody. Illuminate there too. I've got plenty. I'm not going to lose my own illumination. Okay. So everything I, everything I do, I'm going to share with it, share with everybody around the world, share with all my loved ones, share with people close to me. I'll share it with Elisheva and I'll share it with them with a brocha and I'll share it with Giselle and I'll share it with, with Jess in, in Miami. I'll share it with Dr. Kim in New York. I'll share it with everybody. Mark Schneider, you got it too. Good for everybody. Everybody, fear all of the whole group. Everybody with a share and you still, and there's something, there's something magical when you share this light. Not only do you not lose it, Hashem gives you back even a stronger illumination. This is, it's a device nature. You would think somebody gives something to someone else. Okay, if you own $100 and you give $10 to someone else, then you're left with $90. If you have a 1,000 quid and you give 100 quid to somebody else, you're left with 900 quid. Nah, not with spirituality. Okay, if you have a 1,000 points of emunah or Torah knowledge, and you give 50 points to someone else, <laughs> Hashem not only take, does not take it away from you, he gives you back 50 points and maybe a 100 times more. You get in your spiritual mailbox another 5,000 points, but you're illuminating. This is the magic and the beauty of spreading Hashem's glory. And this is why Rabbi Nava gives us our marching orders. And this is the whole thing of Hanukkah. Hanukkah, we're shining Hashem's light to the whole world. And we're doing it in a prominent place in our home, in our picture window, in our entrance, an entrance to the house. Okay. We said that the stars are the ones who bring people close. You shine like stars. Hashem lets you illuminate like a star. And like I say, the sun is a dull star compared to you. And what does it mean? When Rabbi Nachman said that uh, until the last one that leaves the marketplace, he says like this, he explains. Person leaves the marketplace. Rabbi Nachman says the market is indicative of the nether places, the outside places. 
In other words, it's the opposite of the soul. It's the opposite of the places that are contaminated. In other words, uh, you wouldn't do intimate things in the marketplace. You don't, you don't pray in a marketplace. You go into a house of worship. The marketplace is, uh, when Rabbi Nachman says, words the chitsonim, the chitsonim are the outer forces. In other words, the dark side forces. And that's why he said, once the last leg leaves the marketplace, that means the marketplace is in darkness. And that's why nobody's shopping in the market anymore because it's now dark. It's now dark. And that is Nilgan Mafui the Luf. What happens when there's darkness? Darkness creates, I'm talking about spiritual darkness, not physical darkness. Spiritual darkness creates a separation of Hashem's holy name. Hashem's holy name are four letters, a Yud, a He, a Vav, and a He. And it's a Nilgan Mafui the Luf. And the same thing with the name Elohim, it's Aleph, Lamed, Hey, Yud, Mem. With the Novi says, Nirgan Mafuid Aluf, that a person who is a borcher, a complainer, a gossip, a slanderer, that he separates, he separates himself from the Aluf, champion, the champion of the world, Vashem. But our sages say he separates the Aleph from Hashem's name. So he takes away the Aleph. And from Elohim, and that there's another God for that, for the person that slanders, that he separates, makes separate Hashem's name, or if it's in the holy name, the four letter tetragrammaton, that he, he makes a separation in that, and he ruins Hashem's name. Heaven forbid, heaven forbid, ruins the holiness. And this is why it's so terrible when a person speaks evil sl- slander, evil speech. He says, Meraglim, that's a regal. The, the leg, when there's not another leg in the, in, in the marketplace, Rabbi Nachman says, this is talking about raglim. Raglim is a, a spy or a person that's a gossip that goes about and gossiping to one another. This is what Rabbi Nachman says. That this is that this is indicative to a person who speaks, uh, slander or evil speech. And he creates dissension. Between people, this is so terrible. He separates not only between and Hashem's name. He separates between a man and his friend, a woman and her friend, and even worse, between a man and a wife. Somebody saying that that that, that having tales and t- talking about one person. There have been plenty of divorces because of gossips. Oh, did you know where I saw your wife? Do you know where I saw your husband? You know he did that and did that and talking to this one. And that is what Rebbe, that is what Rebbe Nachman brings, what King David says in Psalm 15. And I will, we'll get to that in, uh, our study of Psalms in the Muna hour. King David says that a person doesn't gossip, that he didn't step on his tongue. He stepped on his own tongue. So stepping, when it steps on someone, that is a metaphor for gossip. King David uses this metaphor. And the Sechafetz Chaim uses this metaphor. The Gemara uses this metaphor. And this is what Rabbi Nachman is saying. This is the, the indication when our sages say that there should be no more foot in the marketplace. That means that there should be no more tongue in the outside of the dark places. The tongue should be in the illuminated side. The song of 
In, in other words, a person who says slander about another person, a person who lies, a person who gossips and carries tales, this is the opposite of Hashem's glory. Because a person is tearing apart Hashem's glory. He's making the worst thing in the world is dissension. The worst thing in the world is argument. Hashem loves unity. And this whole thing, these type of people made the destruction of the second temple. That's what the Gemara tells us. Because of sin is chidam. And when person who continues on in this way of talking about other people, that the person is making the diaspora longer. And he's delaying the exile, delaying Mashiach with his own, with own two hands, with his tongue, with his own tongue. And this is what, the, the, this is the exact opposite of light. So Rabbi Nachman now says, Zeo la'il uladlik once again, this is the reason that we have to light the Hanukkah candles near an opening. Okay. It's the opening. What's that opening? That opening again is the opening to the light, to the upper world, to the spiritual world. What's that opening to the spiritual world? That's our awe of Hashem, a yira. And this helps us get closer to Hashem. This is our entrance out of the dark and into the light. What am I talking about, says Rabbi Nachman? To shine Hashem's glory. And to bring it back to its root, which is Yira, which is the awe of Hashem. And we uplift Hashem's glory. You know what happens when we get Hashem's glory? Then we merit peace. And this is, this is what this is what destroys the darkness. This is the light that destroys the darkness. And this light, the light of our emuna, the light of our Yirat Shemaim, our awe of Hashem, and the light of our outreach, this nullifies evil. This nullifies all of a sudden that a person uh, that, that's speaking, speaking slander gets a toothache or a sore throat and can't speak anymore. This is what the light in the world does. Light in the world nullifies these people. Because they step on their tongue. And the light in the world, they'll, they'll make a trip. They'll fall down. They won't be able to step on their tongue anymore. We continue on. Ah, okay, so why? By elevating Hashem's name and getting illumination. Illumination is peace. And so now we brought peace into our lives. So now there's an extra Hanukkah present for peace in the life. Rabbi Nachman says, Now that you're peaceful, you can pray. Now there's not a war inside of you. You can't pray when there's a war inside of you, but now you're at peace. You're at peace with Hashem. You're at peace with yourself. And you could be at, at pain and you could be, still be at peace. In other words, there are plenty of people you have, you have inner peace, but person's got pain. Okay. Something happened to the world. If everyone, if, if a person doesn't have pain by seeing evil in the world or by saying, seeing a good person suffer, then something's wrong with that person. Hey, uh, where's your compassion, my brother? Where's your compassion, my sister? So by, Having peace in our lives, we could pray. Now, last week we spoke about having our own private peace, finding the inner peace within us, where there's no daylight between our, our mouths and, and our hearts. But now that we know how to pray, we take it up above level and we influence so much light in the world that we enhance and invoke the general peace in the world. Wow. Can you imagine? After 120 years in the, uh, on this earth, you're to a duty and you go upstairs. There's all these honor guards 
honor guards of tens of thousands of, of angels and the honor guards from angels of the, the administering angels of different countries. He puts this, this not for me, I'm from Louisiana. <laughs> I'm from South London. What, what, what's all this? I see that for, no, no, you brought peace to the whole world. You, because of peace in you and your prayers, you brought peace to the whole world. This is so, so awesome what a person is able to do. And Rabbi Nachman says, so what's happened? What's the matter? He says that once a person makes peace, that negotiations are going to be null and void in the world. It's not going to be, but it's going to be everything. Hashem is going to give everybody what they need, when they need. Why? Because Rabbi Nachman explains, Rabbi Nachman brings something else inside. You could then say, well, why does he bring this up all of a sudden? Rabbi Nachman says that all the thing of negotiation, it's the opposite of peace. Because people are fighting each other in business. I'm going to beat you out in an argument. I'm going to beat you out in a deal. And usually it's not where two people are happy in a deal. One guy I think got the upper hand, somebody didn't get the lower hand, but needed anyway, he had forced to buy. That this dad wasn't his market. Rabbi Nachman says, no, when there's real peace, negotiations out the window. Okay, there's not going to be any uh, buying and selling. Nimsa, Rabbi Nachman says, what fuels the commercial world is dissension. Dissension fuels the commercial world. That's it. Because there's no peace between the buyer and the seller. They're all got their own vested interests. It's right here. Okay. He said, we saw this from the beginning of time, that there was an argument between Abraham's shepherds and Lot's shepherds. They couldn't get along. They couldn't get along. This one had good for what's good for his flocks and one good for his flocks. Now, if there was peace, it's okay, my brother. Let's see. Look how big the world is. Okay, why don't you take the pasture to the east? I'll take the pasture to the west. No, but they were fighting for that. This one wanted all the pastures, and this one wanted all the pastures. Okay, so right with the talk from the beginning of time. The beginning of time. And this is what the prophet Hoshea says, Kenani Biodo. Then this is a Kenani Azba'aretz. So a Kenani, a Canaanite, a Canaanite is all an Aramaic word. Kanani for a merchant, or a merchant. And we talk about then this when say the the Torah alludes that Kanani Azabal, it's when the Canaanites are in the land, it means that there's no peace. No peace. Because they're traders, and as long as there's trading, they're horse traders in the world, uh, then there's no peace in the world. Avalatid Lavo, but now Rabbi Nachman gives us the good optimistic. He says, but in the future. This is when we say that the prophet tells us when the lion will, the wolf will lie down with the lamb, then that is the time that there's not going to be any more negotiation. And look what the prophet Zechariah says in chapter 14. He says, it's not going to be any more Canaanites. Rabbi Nachman takes this double. Not only not going to be any more Canaanites, but there's not going to be any more merchants. Right? So it's both. You can, Rabbi Nachman does both interpretations. And this is, uh, uh, Rabbi Nachman is kind of laughing at us. That's why Rabbi Nachman's Torah 
is so timeless. It's a, you can see it's a, it's a Shem's light. It's so timeless. And it's like reading the daily newspaper. So Rabbi Nachman says, Now we understand why we have to light the Hanukkah candles in the beginning of the evening before it's pitch black dark. Okay, if, if you didn't light, you could light at 12 o'clock at night. But the bigger mitzvah is to light it in the beginning of the evening, uh, say before the marketplace closes down. I know she's made because this is indicative of peace when there's no, when people are in the marketplace. That's in day, that's in light. When people have left the marketplace, uh, there's no way to call it regal. And that the regal, which is again a play on words between a foot in the market and the tongue, the slanderous tongue. So that when no more slanderous tongue, then there's going to be peace in the world. And when there's peace in the world, there's going to be no more negotiation. Everybody's going to get along with each other. Okay, what do you need? You get what you need. You get the money. Okay, how many, how many meals can I have a day? There's plenty of food. <laughs> Take it. And it, but people will do one be happy family. And then there's, okay, all the negotiations will be null and void. And then we're going to have peace in the world. Now we go on to the conclusion to uh, letter 13, Yud Gimel. And this is now Rabbi Natan reiterating on what Rabbi Nachman told us. Okay, Rabbi Natan added this extra letter when he wrote down Rabbi Nachman's teachings. And this is some, oftentimes Rabbi Natan does this. He was Rabbi Nachman's prime student, prime disciple, wrote down many of the Rebbe's Torahs. The Rebbe did not write down, because it was Rabbi Natan that was like, just like Rabbi Chaim Vital wrote down for the Arizal and Rabbi Abba. He wrote down for Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai. It was really Rabbi Abba that wrote the Zohar. Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai did not have the, the parchment and the quill. It was Rabbi Abba that was wielding the parchment and the quill. This is usually many, many of our greats. Many of our greats, uh, they had their prime students that wrote down their teachings. The same thing with the Baal Shem Tov. Okay, so Rabbi Natan, he wants to make sure we understand so he says, Now we have another barometer of a person that loves Hashem, a person that is capable of elevating Hashem's glory, is how much that person loves and respects other people that love Hashem. Okay, that the one that the other people love Hashem, this person has awe of Hashem. Some people like to feel good by stepping on other people. And they find flaws. Oh, that person, he's not a God-fearer. He doesn't pray very good. Or, or he's cheap and he's tzedakah. He's looking for fault. When you know that the guy is an obvious God-fearer, when the guy is an obvious Torah scholar, with a woman, she has a, a beautiful family and and she does so much compassion and she bakes challahs for poor people. And then they find fault with her. Uh, did, did you see the, the length of her hemline? And this, is the, the, this is, no. The person that is critical, again, we're talking about this trying to say that he he or she cares about Hashem's honor. That's not caring about Hashem's honor. When you criticize one of Hashem's children, you're not caring about Hashem's honor. People don't understand that. When you love Hashem's children, that's Hashem's honor. And you take the people that really love Hashem's honor, you look at the good point. 
look how much this one gives better charity than me. This one prays better than me. This one knows more Torah than I am. You look for the good in every person. Every person, this one is better in, in this mitzvah. This person honors Hanukkah better than I do. This person honors the Shabbat more than I do. The one we learn from everyone, we respect everyone. And we respect them. We don't look at the, 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 this one's hemline and, and this one's his kippah is, is five centimeters wide or six centimeters wide or it's black or it's white or it's, or it's, it's made out of Levi's. Oh, yo, 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 yo. You know what it, okay. <laughs> this is red. Rebbe, not that is not, come on. Throw the garbage out the window. Throw the garbage out the window. This is the real barometer of who loves Hashem. How much you love people that have of Hashem, that have Yerat Shemaim. Wow. When a person finds fault in another person, then that means that that person has sent Hashem's glory into exile. You hear that, Mr. Highbrow? You hear that, Madam Gossip? When you gossip or criticize other people, it's not my words, Rebbe Nachman Abreslev, in the name of Rebbe Nachman, Letter 13, Torah 14, Lekutei Moran, okay? What do they say in the Navy? They say, Mark, write down that, 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 the target. Target, Mark, Mark the coordinate, right here. When you hear a person saying something about someone that honors Hashem, someone loves Hashem, oh, uh, excuse me, my friend, uh, Mr. or Mrs. Friend, you have just sent Hashem's glory into exile. I would not want that to be said of me. So if I don't want that to be said of me, then I better not speak about anyone has all Hashem. Oh, wait a second, Blazer. What do you have? Uh, uh, you have a connection upstairs to the, the archive upstairs. You know, who could say who has all Hashem and who doesn't have all Hashem? No, I don't. So what does that mean? It means I look at everybody else and this is what the Torah tells me. Look at them, judge them fairly. As far as I'm concerned, Everybody loves Hashem. So I can't talk about them unless they declare otherwise. Yes, a Hamas terrorist, I can't talk about him. Because he says not only he's promising that if we're up to him, it's going to be many more October 7th. Okay, I can talk about you. Now I'm going to talk about you. I'm going to aim whatever I have in my hand between your eyes. Okay, so this is what Rabbi Nava said. Kosman Shekhod Begalut. When a person is a gossip, a person is critical, and a person is a zealot for Hashem, he sends Hashem's honor in exile, heaven forbid, and as long as Hashem's honor is in exile, no peace. And that person won't be able to pray either. Because if you're sending Hashem's head, you need Hashem's glory to uplift Hashem's glory to have the shine, the light shine on your own soul, the light shine on your own soul. Uh, sir, you could rock back and forth all you want. You could sway like a, a leaf in the autumn wind, but uh promise you, there's nobody here in your prayers. Nobody here in your prayers. And now Rebbe Natan says, But by respecting people who love Hashem, who fear Hashem, this uplifts Hashem's glory to its root. And that root, is the Av Hashem. That's Yira. Av Hashem. And this is what said, listen to the Gemara Tractate Shabbat. Rabbi Nachman just explained to us the Gemara Tractate Shabbat before we even learn it. But on page 119 in Tractate Shabbat, it says, 
if someone disparages a scholar, a Torah scholar, then there is no cure to his ailment and no healing for his ailment. So people, they think of, they get sick and the doctors don't understand and the medicine's not taking, the treatment's not taking. Maybe stop and do a little self-assessment if uh, you haven't spoken about people, other people, and other people that fear Hashem. A person who makes light, makes tomfoolery of those who love Hashem, they blemish Hashem's honor. Oh, uh-oh. That is not the way to be influential and win friends and win blessings. That's not the way to do it. He doesn't bring the Yira back to its root. And therefore has no peace in his life. I guarantee you. Simon, take a paper or sign my name to it. Any person that talks about other people, slanders, gossips, and especially people that love of Hashem, they have no inner peace and they have no outer peace. You'll see such people are in arguing with the, they're arguing with all the world. These are the people, they're never satisfied this synagogue, never satisfied that synagogue, they're never satisfied here, never satisfied there. Uh, if they're employers, they hire people and fire people. If there's employees, they go maybe three places of employment a year. See, no peace. And forget about them having marital peace. Forget about it. Forget about it. First, if it was a person marital peace, first of all, you can't begin to hope of marital peace with that peace within yourself. If you're not at peace with yourself, how are you at peace with with another human being? That, that especially men and women are so different, and people come together, and you, you can love another person if you don't love yourself. It's, it's not being egotism, loving yourself. Being at peace with yourself, that's not egotism. That's basic existence. Okay. So we continue on, and oh, look, look what Rabbi, Rabbi Nathan says. Just as we said it. Disease comes from dissension. Disease comes from dissension. Well, what happens with disease is that the body's not at peace with itself. What's an autoimmune disease? When the body attacks itself. You can see. Oh, then, oh, the body attacks itself. Now, sometimes don't, don't think that because uh, a person has an autoimmune disease that he's not at peace with the Shem. No. But uh, the, the, your body gets all these germs from surrounding it. Not your fault. There are wonderful, God-fearing people that have autoimmune disease. But the, the, it's amazing that the, the autoimmune diseases that we walk around with, Hashem still lets us exist. But we get this, people from, from the genes, and we get this from the outside world, right here. All of disease, it is from dissension, argument. When there is no peace in a person's bones, and a person's elements, they're fighting one another. Person their elements, and there's no peace. And that's why fever, when white fever gets hot, because there's a war inside that person. That's what creates a fever. But that's when uh, when a person has even keel. Why do we say an even keel? When inside the parts of the body, they're at peace with one another. And the... What happens with high blood pressure? What happens with diabetes? You've got a war between the liver and the pancreas, and and, and the blood system. They're all at war with one another. I want to go and explain the, the, the whole thing now, but but they're at a war. 
Okay, the, the, the liver says, hey, pancreas, what are you throwing all this fat to me? You do your job. I want some more insulin. So the insulin, I'm choking from insulin. Give all this insulin. I, I can't do any more than that. And so they say, well, to take that, it's your problem, liver. So liver says, not my problem. Takes all the excess fat, throws it in the bloodstream. The blood says, what are you doing to me? Now you're clogging the heart. This is the whole thing. I can make a, a play just how high blood pressure and diabetes and clogged arteries. It's all a war going on in the body. It's all a war going on in the body. You can see this is just what Rebbe Nathan says. Rebbe Nathan, he could have been uh, a professor emeritus of medicine at Yale. <laughs> okay, right there. And so therefore, a person makes it worse when a person says bad things about other people, especially a Torah scholar, because a person is ruining the peace within his or her own body. And that's why the Gemara makes a statement of fact in the Gemara track in Shabbat that, uh, hey, listen, the way your mouth works, sir or ma'am, you're not going to have any cure for the ailment. Ailment you're going to have. Ailment you're have. Don't think that we have – this world is like a restaurant. Everything we think, everything we we do, everything we say, it's like ordering something. We're going to pay the price of it. Pay the price of it. Person, it says something good, then it gets credits. And a person eats uh, stuff off the menu, it's got to pay for it. And it's got to pay for everything. So when a person disgraces a Torah scholar, he blemishes the peace in the world, and his ailment is incurable, heaven forbid. Because the essence of healing, it comes from peace. And this is what Isaiah tells us. Isaiah tells us in, in chapter 57, he says, peace, peace for both and far. And that's what Hashem says, and I will heal him. A person with peace is what Hashem, shalom, shalom, lo'achok, lo'akov, amal Hashem, ufativ. Hashem says, I will heal that person. I will heal the person that brings peace in the world. Okay, so you bring peace to yourself. You're doing yourself the biggest favor in the world, and you're going to get healed. Okay, we're going to blaze on and can finish Torah 14. And this is Rebbe Nath. Rebbe Nath he reveals that he reveals that he's talking. And when Rebbe, Nath, Rebbe Nachman said this Torah, he said it during Hanukkah, and he mentioned that we don't eulogize during Hanukkah. Why do we not say eulogize? So first of all, it's halacha. The Gemara tractate Shabbat, and in the laws of mourning, which we call in the laws of happiness, but we, we like to use happy words. Okay, but the, when they say the laws of smachot, that really means mourning. Okay, we don't like to say difficult things out of our mouth because the mouth is very powerful. Okay, uh, so it said the hesped, what is a person crying about when a person does a eulogy? About the departure of Hashem's glory because you're eulogizing a person that was a God-fearing person and who are the type of people that eulogize that they had so much light of spirituality, they shined on other people. And now that light has left the world, so they're eulogizing. Okay, but now we don't eulogize that light is leaving the world during Hanukkah because we're bringing light into the world. And that's why on a level, on a esoteric level, that we don't eulogize. This is a, on a sectaric level. This explains something that's in the code of Jewish law that we don't eulogize during uh, during Hanukkah. Okay, because we have the light of Hanukkah, near Hanukkah. What Rabbi Nathan says, that the light of Hanukkah this illuminates Hashem's glory. So now, in conclusion, uh, Rabbi Nathan says he concludes Torah fourteen. He says. That another way that we make ourselves conducive for elevating that Hashem's glory is by being humble. 
because an arrogant person can't Hashem, he says, worried about his own glory, not Hashem's glory. The more a person is humble, the more a person can elevate Hashem's glory. Guess what? When you're humble, you're the one that merits the, the, the glory. You merit glory. You merit respect. You merit prestige. It's that people think they run after prestige. They run after glory. It's the exact opposite. And that's the Gemara says that person that chases glory, glory runs away from him. But the person that shies away from glory, glory chases after him. And this is it. So the way really, the fast lane to uplifting Hashem's glory and uplifting our own glory is by enhancing Hashem's glory and bringing other people close to Hashem. Bringing people into the program. And Rabbi Nathan says a person cannot merit the glory of holiness, which is the good glory. It's not like the, the glory of a, a person who won the Oscar and, and, and Beverly Hills. That's not glory. That's not glory. Or a person who won the, the Mundial. That's not glory. We're talking about Hashem, the glory, the glory of holiness, uplifting the Hashem's light, spreading Hashem's light in the world. And this is five things. Rabbi Natan, he concludes Torah 14. He says, the five things we've learned here. Lachzir kavod to bring back the glory to its source, which is Av Hashem. And getting to Av Hashem, that opens up an opening for us, it brings Hashem's glory. And bringing this awe into our hearts, and the general peace, and the private peace, and to bring people closer to Hashem, and this is what the Gemara tells us, that if a person brings other people, he thinks, in other words, what's person looks like is cheap because it doesn't have the light of glory. But you wipe away the veneer of this world and teach a person about Hashem, and all of a sudden he illuminates. The Sycamore says what you've just done, you've taken a piece of coal and you've shined it into a diamond. And this that you've made a diamond out of a piece of coal. And you've done that to enhance Hashem's light. Hashem will do everything to enhance your light. He'll give you peace and success and happy Hanukkah and Be'ezrat Hashem. He'll bring us Mashiach Tzidkein when our beautiful Holy speed in our days. Amen. Just really quick, what's happening in Israel now? Uh, really, really, really fierce fighting in the south, but the fighting is on the ground. Uh, the last missile we had here in Israel was last night during a moon hour. Okay. And then since then, there hasn't been anything. Today was only the most, but what's heating up real much is, is the northern border up on the Lebanon side. Uh, so we'll see what's going to go on. This is, I, I think that, that this, I, I think this war is going to end with Mashiach. I can't see it with just another round and then going back to business as usual. It's not business as usual. Uh, you know, from my time I spent with the soldiers this week, I have never, ever, ever seen such spiritual awakening. And the guys are on fire. They're, they're on fire. I remember it in my time. Uh, whether it was the Yom Kippur War in 1973, whether it's Litani in 79, whether it's the first Lebanon War in 1982, my share, I never saw people that are so dedicated and so together and so much unity as right now. Take a, a guy in special forces, a guy in reserves, guy's a building engineer in Tel Aviv, but he's in special forces and the special forces are built in good shape. And somebody says to him, uh, 
and say, hey, Moshe, wouldn't you rather be back home? And he says, uh-uh. He says, when do you want to go home? He says, I'm not going home now. He says, when the job is done, I'll go home. I'm, he's not interested. People would, until the job is done, and you take it, good, gentle Jewish boys after what they did to us, uh-uh. You messed up with the wrong side, wrong people. And you can see it. Had speak, I, I went to speak about uh, tactical fitness and and common battle. I went to encourage people. I came back three times more encouraged than I encouraged the soldiers. Uh, and you can see it. And we pray for the, the wounded and spent a lot of time with with wounded soldiers this week also. And it's a heartbreaker. But these guys, these guys looked the angel of death in the face. And these guys said, here, Hashem, I'm putting my whole life on the line. And I told a bunch of Torah boys last night, I said, who could say that they put their life on the line for Hashem? Huh? You're worried about the, the, the coffee room? Or do you stay and, and learn maybe an extra hour? Or do you go out to, to talk to the guys? That's what we're talking about dedication. That a guy learning Torah, if you want to do your job, you got to be learning with the same dedication that that guy is learning in, uh, the, 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 the guy in special forces in Han Yunus. That's it. That's the only way to protect him. He can't be on the thing. And we're looking for a casual, easy life. No casual, easy life. No casual, easy life. And that's why the people that, uh, people I know, people, I, they, they just the ones that are not in combat, they're knocking themselves out what they can do. And this one is making sits. This one, this is bringing people in. Even it, somebody, a family I was in, I, R&R Center, an R&R Center, that's rest and relaxation, they get cold soldiers that are seven days uh, under fire, they get two days breathing in the Gaza border, and the R&R is paid for by private citizens. It, it's crazy. There's an, and on a Moshav, on the Gaza border, they're baking pizzas 24 hours a day, and they've got volunteers from Queens in America baking pizzas and the soldiers come. Any soldier comes by, come, and you get pizza, free pizza. That is on the milk side. There's a meat side where there's a grill, wings and things. There chicken wings on the grill and pitot and salads from 5 in the afternoon till 12 at night. Any soldier that smells the smoke and comes by, go ahead and eat. <laughs> and that's it. It is unbelievable. I saw a family in a moshav that's got a supermarket. Also, they got a sign out on the road that's it's on the Gaza. This is all in the Gaza area settlements. They got a supermarket in their house, and people from America are sending them suitcases with sweaters and with scarves and with toiletries. Soldier comes in, comes in, a, a, a man, female soldier, a male soldier. What do you need? You need shampoo, you need soap, you need a sweater. You come, they take free supermarket. The loving kindness that's going on now, this is the grassroots. Forget about the politicians, the media. I don't see any change in the politicians and the media. But the loving kindness, the initial grassroots, which convinces me, I'm, I'm pretty hard on this. That, uh, I think that's the, the, the riffraff, the Erevrav, that's the, their, their media and politics. <laughs> but what I see, the people, people of Israel, oh, like we say on Mincha, that, uh, that's a good kavonah to have a Mincha on Shabbat. And no one like, David, go ahead, unmute yourself. Yes, yes. Yeah, because they, they, they know that there's so much, so big population, a big percentage of the combat forces are religious. Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're religious. You, you know, you talk about, uh, 
Uh, that's something else. It's something really neat. What they did, they built this big, tremendous menorah in Gaza. And they took the empty house and the Chabad guys, they put a big flag, Chabad house in Gaza. Beit Chabad Gaza. Yeah. <laughs> you can see it. Wonderful. We love it. Love it. That's true. A lovely Hanukkah to everybody. Lots of love. Lots of Hanukkah. We look forward to seeing you next week. Next week will be the last night for me after I light the eighth night of Hanukkah before you light your days, right? And uh, uh, we're going to take a look. I'll let you know, Rabbi Arye, about what the next Torah is going to be. Uh, haven't decided yet. We'll, we'll see. And Hashem will lead us on the right path. Hashem will give us what we need to know when we need to know it. Okay. God Amen. bless you. And thanks so, so much to Torch for hosting this wonderful platform.